Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show planned for you, as always. Uh, Going to be talking about all the different ways that we can harm other people via dating, sex, love, and romance. I know, it's great stuff. Um I, I track all of these new terms, neologisms is what we call it, new words. And, you know, within romance, sex, and dating, and uh, <laughs> I used to talk about them a lot more because I was horrified and also I found it very humorous. We had talked about orbiting, paper clipping, breadcrumbing, all the different ways that we are not honest with ourselves or with other people. And it harms, you know? We had breadcrumbing, which meant instead of just saying to someone, I'm not that interested, or you want something more than I want, or maybe this is something I don't want to be a part of. You know, we just kind of throw a little bit at them every now and then, kind of keeping them on the line. We like having someone there. We know they like us or want more, but we don't. Breadcrumb, you know? It's also a way that people can exit a relationship is they slowly just give a little bit less, but just enough. And we really do that to protect ourselves. We think we're doing it to protect um, someone else. We don't want to hurt them, but that is painful. They're confused. I work with those clients. I have friends that are like that. What do you think this means? Are they still interested? Of course, the answer is always go ask them. I want to live in a world and I want to help be a part of creating a world where people can say, Hey, we're not talking as often, or, you know, your energy is different. Is everything okay? Are you still interested? But ideally the person in that dynamic, that's aware that something has shifted. I wish they would communicate that. Orbiting is, that whole god bless it i'm not there but i'm there i'm still liking stuff on your social media i'm still checking things out you know there's all these different forms and as i said i put this out on my social media myself that everything we're doing is either authenticity and it's compassionate or it's manipulation and it's game playing and as i'm always reminding people and advocating we really want to take seriously that when we are Engaging with anyone on any relational level, that they're in our care and nothing's neutral. It's, there's no such thing as, oh, don't take it that seriously. It's early dating or don't take it that seriously. It's only an app. No, you have to because people walk away feeling about themselves, others, the world and romance a certain way as a result of all the interactions we have. So it's never neutral. You're leaving people feeling more confident about dating in the future and themselves or less so. And the reason why everyone has so many quote unquote issues is because we're not doing the work. So, um, this is not like new, new, but uh, situationships. I, I laugh because basically, let me try to find the most coherent definition of um, a situationship. Here we go. So essentially a situationship, <laughs> which is the play on the words relationship and it's a little bit of a situation. A situationship is a romantic arrangement that exists 
um, before you define the relationship or without ever having really had a conversation defining it. So, you know, you've been spending time with someone romantically and no one's ever spoken about what they want, what they expect or what's happening. Um, and that's kind of it. However, there's usually a casualness that's implied. You might've just gone on a few dates. It might be new. Um, and the problem is that there's a lack of definition. There's a lack of commitment. And so for some people, there's a lack of comfort or awareness as to what to expect or what's going on. Um, and situationship is kind of that like, well, we're doing something, but we don't really know what we're doing and no one's really saying much. And this is born out of a lot of different things. One of them being app culture, where you meet someone or match with someone and their life is already in motion and they may be speaking to a multitude of people or having only connected with you for a day or gone on a few dates. Understandably, they're still on the apps and they're still connecting and talking to people. Because as I say on the show all the time, we date to decide if we should be in a relationship. We date to see if we're compatible for a relationship. And um, online dating, well, we have so many options that it can be that we are taking our time and being smart or the tyranny of too many options, which is we feel overwhelmed and we have this false sense of there always being abundance. And so we're anxious about committing because we know there's more and we want to find better um, or we're overwhelmed and we kind of just throw our hands up. So, you know, again, having something very loose and casual and undefined isn't bad, but it can lead to some hurt feelings and some confusion. Um, because as they say, as the kids say, you can maybe one of them or both of them catch feelings, meaning they start to care. And that's understandable because remember a lot of the stages of courtship, the things that we do to build relationship, understandably ignite a sense of care, maybe even falling in love and a sense of intimacy. And those are inherently acts of bonding. So they don't always have to be used in service of a serious relationship or, or heading towards marriage. But when you use acts of intimacy building and bonding, understandably people build intimacy and bond. <laughs> so if you're having sex and you're kissing a lot and you're holding hands and you're flirting and you're spending time and you're sharing parts of yourselves, we can't act surprised if, if and when someone develops feelings because that's what those things are generally a vehicle for. Although you are allowed to use them for something casual saying, you know, wanting to explore or whatever might be going on, or I'm just not sure if I know you yet, or I'm not feeling ready. That's all honest and fair and appropriate and healthy, but we can't get confused when we're using acts of bonding, then people bond and then we get frustrated or say, you know, you're not understanding what's happening, which is why just be honest. That's really the solution to all this. Let someone know where you're at. Hey, it seems like you're developing feelings. Just want to check in. Hey, it seems like maybe you're having expectations that I don't have on us. Let's talk about it. It's really just about having that care and that transparency. There's no right or wrong. The person with more interest isn't right and the person of less interest isn't wrong it's okay to be where you are just share that all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back talk more about it so uh stick around y'all you're listening to love line with dr chris on channel q and odyssey we'll be back call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so we're back. Talk about all the different ways that uh, we can relate to people. Not inherently prioritizing some over over others. It's more about just acknowledging the impact that the two people or more that are involved in something, what's happening to them, what expectations are. So rambling, my point was, there's so many different things that are emerging out of tech and dating app culture, um, all these different ways that we can um, exist in a relationship and problematically exit. You know, we talk about ghosting and breadcrumbing and orbiting and paper clipping, like all these wild ways that are just not necessarily always honest. Um, ghosting being, you know, the hurtful way that you end a relationship by just disappearing, never really letting someone know that you're not interested anymore. They're confused. Breadcrumbing has kind of thrown a few things at them just enough to keep them on the hook. They don't really necessarily want more or want anything. Um, I think the situation chip was the one that was making me laugh. And that's what we were talking about in the earlier segment where it's like, what is this? Where is this going? Should we define this relationship? It feels casual. Maybe that's all they want. And I'm like, I know if only we would just ask questions or tell people where we're at, things would be so much better. But everyone's left decoding things, looking at their phone, showing their friends. And I was saying that it's okay to want something casual. It's okay to not know. It's okay to say, let's give it some time. This is new. I, I don't really know what I'm open to or who you are or what we're like as a couple. And so there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting less or wanting something casual, wanting something easy. It's just about acknowledging that. And also sometimes tracking how it's going for the other person. We don't want to be patronizing and say, clearly this isn't working for you, so I'm going to exit myself. But you can say, hey, it looks like these expectations are where I'm at isn't feeling good for you. Let's continue to talk about it because, you know, you did say you were cool with it, but you seem frustrated. Like we are allowed to reflect back to someone what we're seeing. Um, <clears throat> so what are the pros of something more casual or, sh- or situationshipy? Again, that means it's not defined. We don't know what it is. We've been hanging out for a period of time. It's that, it's that unknown land that makes a lot of people anxious if they're really interested. Well, one of the benefits and why some people want to just start casual or stay casual for a while is that they get to focus on themselves. They don't feel like they have so much responsibility for that other person. They don't have to check in all the time. They don't have to prioritize them. And that's an okay position to be in in your life. Or maybe you do want to focus on time with your friends. Maybe you just came out of something serious. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're just wanting that. You don't want that responsibility. There's nothing wrong with that, but just make that known. But there's a lot of growth that can come from just casually dating. Um, like I said, you get to explore your hobbies, your passions, your social network. Maybe you've just come out of something long-term and monogamous and you want to really see what it's like to be with other sexual partners or have other experiences. Um, a lot comes from learning about ourselves relationally by being in a multitude of relationships. And so the patients I'm working with that are single or dating, we're constantly having them learn about who they are. And the more people they date, the more they learn about themselves. And there's something really beautiful in that. Um, And also I think there's something about some people realizing that in the past they might have jumped into a relationship too soon and having not dated long enough. And we have to date someone long enough to know what kind of partner they'd be. And we should know that before we choose them as a serious partner. And some people... 
they realized in the past that maybe based on love and attraction, they moved too quick and they made the wrong move. And now they want to really, truly take their time and assess. And I, and I respect that. They want to really go through milestones and events and experiences to really see what we're made of. Because listen, choosing a primary partner should be taken seriously with a lot of caution and care. I think far too many people rush in because of lust, because of attraction. And those are important elements, but we shouldn't be making big decisions like choosing a primary partner, which is a huge care and commitment, um, huge level of care and commitment without really taking our time. So there's something healthy within that. So that's the positives. What are the downsides? What are the downsides of these easy, casual situationships? Um, well, number one, we don't necessarily get the support that a more primary relationship would give us. If someone isn't our boyfriend or girlfriend um, and we're just kind of taking it easy, we don't necessarily get the benefits of you're someone I can turn to or count on because maybe they aren't and you still have to go to your friends for things. Um, sometimes also it can be really hard to invest in terms of emotions and intimacy building when we don't really know if that investment is gonna take us anywhere, but that's part of dating, is not really having that safety of knowing that there's gonna be a return on this investment, and this is why within human relationships we can't use business terms or concepts like a return on my investment. It doesn't work like that. And that's why I say to people, even having sex for the first time, have it because you want to and, and because you want to enjoy it because it doesn't promise that there's more or anything else is going to come of a relationship with that person. And so you do it to find value in just having done it because it sounds good to you. And that's what more casual dating is about. I want to enjoy time with you and I don't know if this is going to lead to more, but I want to have fun this weekend and I'd love to experience this thing with you. And it has value even if I don't see you again or it doesn't become something serious. I still had a great weekend. I'm still thankful to have had that weekend. I think it's problematic to say if it's not forever, then I don't even want to have had a few fun weeks or months dating. What a loss. You'd rather just be Maybe you have other things you'd rather do. Feel free to go do them in addition to dating. But for some people, they almost imply they would be would have been happier alone on the couch than having gone on dates or dated for a few weeks or months. I don't I don't think that that's true. Again, we do things like go on vacation and that is short term and time limited. And we come back to our lives and we don't take anything with us from having been there, but we still find value in having done it. And dating should be that way as well. I don't know if this person is going to become my partner. We're going to get married, but I'm still having fun right now. And this means something. But sometimes friends will counsel you out of it. Oh, it's not going anywhere. You're wasting your time. Well, you're not wasting your time if you're enjoying your time. And again, we can't see the total value of dating based on what's coming out of it long term because the length of a relationship doesn't determine its worth or even its success. What kind of partner you were does. And I know for me, having dated some people for a short period of time, I'm still glad I did. It was fun to have done it when I did it. And that's why when we look retroactively back at a relationship that ended, we can't use concepts like wasted time. If you were a great partner and you had fun while you were with them, which should always be the goal, then that was great time spent. We spent it in joy and having fun and it didn't go on forever and that's okay. Not everything will or is meant to and that doesn't mean it was bad or wrong. So there's a lot of like reorientation and relational health that's required in all of this. Um, we'll come back, talk more about it, and then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, a topic you want to sit, something you want us to drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff. We'll be back. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, we're back, and we're talking about all the amazing ways that we can harm and manipulate each other. Within the world of dating, uh, hookup culture, and 
app culture. So uh, before the before the break, I was kind of itemizing all the different terms. Found a few new ones. We have ghosting. We have orbiting. We have breadcrumbing. We have haunting. We have submarining, zombieing. Oh yes, kids. Wait to hear all these zingers. So basically, again. This might help you identify someone else doing it to you, but more importantly, are you doing this to someone else? And if so, stop. Don't be a part of keeping dating difficult. It could be fun. It could be easy. If we did it with love and we did it with care and we did it with respect. All right, let's get into some of these. Um, My God, it it really goes on and on and on because uh, let's see here. All right. Uh... These are so hilarious. There's a term called, I don't really even understand this one, called roaching. And that's when the person you're seeing is seeing other people. I don't know why there's a term for that. It's called dating. Dating is to determine if we should have a relationship. So we should be seeing multiple people. Um, New infatuation. If the person out of nowhere doesn't really know you and showers you with love and all that, we call that love bombing. We're kind of familiar with that one. Ghosting, we know. It's when someone abruptly, out of the blue, without a reason, just kind of stops all communication. They disappear. They ghost. Like a ghost, they just disappear. Um, Another terms, let's see. And the reason why it's heinous is the other person doesn't understand. They're confused at first. They're thinking maybe you're just busy. It's unkind. You know, clarify. Make your needs known, y'all. Um, haunting. (laughs) So someone might ghost you, meaning again, you're texting, you have a flow, you're seeing them consistently talking consistently to disappear. Haunting is when that person that ghosted you returns to pop back up without warning, without explanation. Um, maybe they text you, maybe they call you, maybe it's something more subtle. Maybe they like a, like a post of yours. Um, it's usually lazy. Um, you know, they could be more profound in their explain explanation as to what they want, where they were. It's usually just they were bored or lonely, you know, making sure you're still kind of there. This one's a little bit new to me. It's called submarining, similar to haunting, but instead of being subtle about their attempt to just kind of bam, pop back into your life, they resurface completely like a submarine. So essentially they're saying we're a haunting. It's a little bit of a vague return. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Submarining, they're like, bam, right back at it as though they never disappeared. Oh God. So like a ghoster might reach out via text act like nothing ever happened without an apology. A submarine will find their way back in. <laughs> Some of these are so funny. Submarines will always find their way back into the shadows of the deep mysterious sea. So don't mistake the resurfacing for a real connection. I mean, that's really kind of what it is. Everything counts. And if someone has no problem out of the blue, just cutting off all contact for no reason and disappearing, that speaks poorly of them and you shouldn't feel comfortable trusting them. That's just not how you treat anyone. I don't care if you've only gone on one date. If someone, if you form some kind of habit or pattern or connection with someone, speak to that. And more importantly, if someone reaches out to you, you have a responsibility to reach back. That's always what I tell my patients and my friends. If no one reaches out to anyone, well then we're all on the same page, I guess. But if someone hits you up and they're like, hey man, how have you been? Or they're sticking with the pattern, you you have to respond somehow. Zombieing, God bless. Uh, so <laughs> a zombie is basically like someone who ghosts you, but they pop up into your life months or even years after the original ghosting to reestablish a connection. So again, these are people that, you know, this is where it's a manipulation because they've demonstrated poor communication skills. They've demonstrated a lack of care and interest, but for whatever reason, when they're bored or they're horny or they're just wanting attention, they're, they reach back out and they keep you on the hook and it's so unkind. Orbiting. Um, 
basically means that someone has kind of disappeared, but yet there they are looking at your stories, maybe liking things at times, and they're not in your life, but they're orbiting your life. They're still, they're still just kind of keeping tabs on you. And you would think, wait a minute, we were dating, we were hanging out. You lost interest in that. You disappeared on me. You know, you stopped reaching out and now you're like still checking my stories. What's that about? Well, maybe they still find you interesting. I don't know, but they're just not wanting to have anything close and they don't have enough care to really let you know what's going on. It's a bummer. Um, breadcrumbing. I love this one. It describes the act of leaving little breadcrumbs. It may lead someone to believe you like them. It's enough to keep their attention, but you really don't. <laughs> just drop those little breadcrumbs. Benching. Uh, I mean, these things are endless. They go on. Benching is the act of stacking your roster with potential players that could get called in. So oh, yeah, yeah. it's basically just keeping a lot of things at play, you know, keeping a lot of things on the wall, see if anything sticks, which again, there is a, there's a healthy version of that. It's called dating. I'm, I'm taking time to get to know you. I'm dating other people, seeing if anyone is compatible enough with me to be in a relationship. But the distinction is it's done with care, transparency, and respect. Um, these terms are people that are doing it in a really problematic, manipulative way. So they're, they're benching if they have no interest really in anyone, but they're just keeping their schedule stacked because they just want to kind of get, you know, get access to people. And then finally, like we were talking about, we're talking about the good old situation ship, which is there's kind of, there's kind of a romantic relationship going. It's very casual. It's out of convenience. Um, and maybe the people are genuinely interested, um, but no one's really, 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 really put themselves out there and kind of done any serious commitment. And then finally, there's the slow fade, which is what a lot of people do. They just slowly, a little more time and space between responses and availability, texting a few hours later, going a day or two without communicating. It's all just harmful stuff. All right, when we come back, we're going to do some DMs. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, the person that I'm dating just got out of a really bad abusive relationship at the beginning of 2022. Okay, not too long ago. She's been going to therapy, taking the time to heal. We met in May and have been pretty inseparable since. I knew she was still in the healing process and told her that I didn't want to be the one that fixes her, that I just wanted to support her in any way I can. Last week, she told me that she doesn't think she can heal and be in a relationship with someone. So I took that as she didn't want to spend so much time together and I've backed off a little bit. Now, she's acting like everything's normal and wants to go back to the way we were, but I can't help but get that feeling out of my head that she needs space. I'm starting to detach. Kind of feels like the ball is in her court right now. Is it? Well, here's the thing. Um, I appreciate that you need to protect yourself. I appreciate that you need to look out for your feelings. Um, and a lot of people might hear that this other person is not necessarily quote unquote anchored or grounded enough or ready enough to step back into relationality. So there's two theories. There's the theory that with time that might be possible, but then there's also the theory, and this is coming from my clinical experience that sometimes the relational trauma of the past relationship just sits and waits until it's reactivated when we step into a new relationship, thereby meaning all the time in the world doesn't change that. Remember, our relational stuff is triggered within relationship. And so if there's issues around commitment and intimacy and trust, that will only be unearthed and activated when stepping back in. And so whether this person waits five months or five years, it could still be sitting there waiting. Or this person does start to do some of the work 
and is more grounded in other ways and better able to handle that activation. So you never know. Sometimes we have to hang in there with people knowing that whether we, you know, now or later, it's going to be there or we do kind of circle back. I don't know how to really answer that, but I'll say this, that what you do now is also part of you letting them know who you are through difficult times. This could be a time if you care enough about them where you say, you know what, let me give them some time and I'll stay with them. I won't detach and I'll demonstrate trust and commitment by being here while they're struggling. I, I like that theory. And then if it turns out in a few months that you're wrong, okay, you still have demonstrated a lot of integrity and in working through difficult times with people. And you'll you know go back and start dating someone else. But we can't think of things in terms of like, I'm missing out, I'm wasting my time. Those aren't real concepts that can be applied to relationships. What matters is how we show up. And again, how you deal with this person while they're going through a difficult time is telling them who you are through difficult times. And if you want them to trust you and to buy in that you'll be there for them when things are hard, what you do now matters. And if you care enough about this person, give them the time. I will always tell people to give relationality the best shot. I don't think we should play it safe and I don't think we should protect ourselves. Yes, we should have boundaries. Yes, we, we should look out for ourselves. But part of dating is often getting wounded and hurt. We can't prevent that from happening. So we, we look out for ourselves, but we can't lean out when things are difficult. That has to be an acceptable part of this journey. So you're already attached to some extent. This person is interested in you as well. Give it a little bit more time. Um, be there for them. Look out for yourself at the same time, but be there for them. You know, again, everything counts and everything matters. It's not like, oh, this isn't really an assessment of who I am as a partner because, you know, they just got out of something and things are difficult. It's like this, this individual is looking at you and this is how they're determining whether or not you're someone that they want to be with as well. Goes both ways and you're both constantly being assessed. So uh, show up from your best. I know it's hard, but sometimes we need people to be further along than we are. We need people to hold the bar high for ourselves at times. So see how it goes. Give it a few months. Um, breakups are hard. That can echo on for a long time. Um, there isn't necessarily a point where someone's quote unquote healed and all better and there won't ever be any work. Because again, remember, our current and future relationships will always deal with the damage of the ones that came before. There's no way to completely resolve all of that. It, psychology doesn't work like that. We have memories and associations and internal working models and schemas. It, it just isn't as clean as go work on it and then nothing will ever come up and there'll be no triggers. It doesn't work like that. There always will be. You just hope that you're grounded enough in the rest of your life to be able to deal with that. And those triggers often wait. That's why I tell my clients, when you're single, it's easy. Your relational stuff is not being activated and, and you're not being forced to confront it. It's waiting. It's, it's, it's lying and waiting until you step back into an attachment system. And that's when we best do our attachment-based relational work. So hang in there. If you guys got a question for us, put in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We want to hear from you. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper in. Otherwise, y'all stick around. More to come. You listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and uh, got got some DMs. I say it as though there was like a multitude of them. It was two people and they were asking about friend breakups, romantic breakups and um, <clears throat> how the landscape around all that has changed. And uh, they were just kind of talking to me in my DMs about how to get over it. And I thought, you know, we've talked about this on the show, but it's one of those things that comes in and out of our lives frequently. And um, was looking at some research, just always wondering if there's any new ideas or perspectives on things, tips and tricks and things to consider. And 
you know, some of this is no brainers. Some of it is a little more interesting. What I really liked about some of the research I was looking at though, is it was really taking into account that right now due to pandemic and things like that, uh, employment stressors, financial stressors, uh, political stressors, a lot of people were leaning more on drugs and alcohol. And they were talking a lot about how alcohol is, uh, you know, increased use, but especially around people dealing with grief and loss. And what I liked is that it was talking about how you know, maybe at first it seems like a really great idea, but essentially it's a depressant. Depressants also impair your judgment um, and that it can lead to some really bad decision-making. And that could be either making impulsive decisions uh, in general. It could also lead to reaching out to someone. It could lead to saying things in a really problematic way that you can't take back afterwards, especially when it's sent via text or an email, hard copy, and just really paying attention to your relationship to drugs and alcohol during different times, difficult times, excuse me, your relationship to drugs and alcohol at hard times, but especially during a breakup and that that might be the time you want to pause. And then my mind wandered when I was looking at that and I was thinking about how I've had conversations with people and they've said, well then when when is a good time to you know use a mind-altering substance and my you know again there's no universal rubric through which to kind of understand that but my loose working one is always you know alcohol and drugs tend to amplify the mood that we're already in especially alcohol so if you're having a depressive hard dark day where you're feeling sad or grieving don't drink it's going to amplify that it's not going to take that away it's going to drop you deeper into it most likely making it worse and you might make some poor decisions uh, whereas if you're having a great day and something positive has happened and you're feeling good and you want to celebrate, alcohol might be able to theoretically be an addition because it would amplify that. It has a higher potential, again, of amplifying the mood you currently have when you drink. And so that's why it's the wrong time to drink is when you're feeling bad or sad. You shouldn't take your friend for drinks when they're having a hard day. Um, it's going to drop them deeper into it most likely. And then when you leave them and they head home, maybe even more so, and that's when they usually pick up the phone and they start texting their ex saying mean things or I miss you or whatever it might be. So that is something to think about. Again, your relationship to drugs and alcohol during difficult times and grief and loss and breakups are very, very, very hard times. Um, I've also talked a lot, a lot, a lot to nauseam about staying off of other people's social media when you're trying to get distance from them. What you're trying to do is remove them psychologically, just not physically. And when you go on their social media or continually talk about them to your friends in any capacity, you are keeping them alive. What you place your attention on is what your brain is going to hold on to. And if you're constantly putting your attention on them by thinking about them, looking at pictures of them, checking their social media, going by their house and all those things, you're you're keeping those neuro you're, those um, um, neuro connections strengthened and alive. And in fact, we want to let them weaken and we want to not place our attention on it. Cause again, that what you, that what you place your attention on, your brain is going to really hold on to and encode. And you're basically swimming and swimming symbolically and psychologically in this past relationship. Um, so social media can be really abused against us just like the alcohol or drugs. And that's why in difficult times, drum roll, da, 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 da. We talk about this as a healthy communication skill in difficult times, do nothing. Do nothing, say nothing. That is the worst time when you're feeling sad, bad, or dysregulated or angry to vocalize or do anything. That is not the time to make any decisions about anything. Do nothing. You'll have nothing to regret. You'll have nothing to take back. You'll have nothing to explain. You'll have nothing to feel bad about. Because that is really when we're going to rationalize things. And kind of like we were talking about earlier on the show, and if you want to go back and learn about all the different ways we can be problematic with each other and all the new terms, you can go to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveland and click on it. And there they all are. But um, we we're just talking about this idea that unfortunately part of dating is often hurting or being hurt. I'm sorry, hurting someone or being hurt. 
as we are looking for, you know, a potential partner. And even in marriages, we still do that. And we can do little forms of all that stuff with, you know, a longer term partner or a friendship even. Um, and so sometimes the work is about understanding like the earlier terms that someone's orbiting you or breadcrumbing you or leading you on or whatever it might be and not participating in those systems. And it's hard. People are feeling very disconnected and isolated and lonely. And so it's even harder to imagine moving away from something that is available or has some potential upon realizing it's not right for you or it's not right from them. That can be very hard. It can be very confusing. And like I say, people often hang a hook for us to put hope on and we don't want to do that. And that's why we want to ask questions, but we want to be very forthcoming with what's going on. But, um, be very thoughtful about what coping mechanisms you choose to bring in when you're feeling bad or sad or disappointed around some kind of relationship changing or ending because we don't want to make it harder for us, uh, harder for us mood wise. And we also don't want to make it harder for us because we have things to explain, apologize for, try to take back, try to undo because you can't. <laughs> and a lot of that tends to happen. Um, all right, we're going to come back and talk more about this. And then uh, later in the show, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, question, topic, thing you want us to hit, circle back to, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, y'all, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we will be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're just talking about how to have a little bit more integrity in the dating world take notice of what the other person might think is going on or what they might feel and make your behavior a form of caretaking that. It is okay to say to someone, I think we have different expectations or it seems like you're frustrated. Is everything okay? It's not enough to say, I don't worry about other people. That's for them to consider as long as I'm, no, we we do want to care about how we're impacting other people. And that's why I always say we have to self-assess first because consistent, available, reliable, responsive is essentially what tends to be what we should look for to determine whether or not someone wants a primary secure relationship and that's also what we should be trying to offer someone consistent, available, reliable, and responsive. Anything short of that might mean, again, they're not interested or they're unsure or they want something casual. And those aren't all bad things. Sometimes they require more time. But <clears throat> we want to be thoughtful of at least what the plan or the vision is. And that's what we're, that's what we're trying to move towards. That we're, that's what we're seeking. That's what we're trying to create. And that's why, again, it's all about taking our time and being very thoughtful, but it's also about advocating for yourselves. It's okay to say to someone, can we talk about what's going on? I seem confused. I, 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 I seem to not understand what to expect or I kind of feel like maybe we want two different things. I'm always advocating for my patients to be willing to do that. Um, we, ha- we really have difficulty with that in our culture. We'd rather go to a friend and read texts and have them help us figure out what maybe they meant or they want or they need, when really it's about going back to that person and saying, can we talk? Because again, as I say all the time, if we can't have that talk, then we're not necessarily building trust. And um, there's, you know, we, we, we want to we give it time before we try to have that talk. Because I can see some people jumping right out on that. And someone has to be given an opportunity to get to know us before they can even speak to what they might be interested in having with us. But that's also something that should happen with people that have been together for a long time and even married. I always talk about that relational check-in. How have things been going? What kind of partner have I been? Is there anything you need from me? And let me share with you what I might need from you. How's this relationship feeling? And what might it need moving forward? Um, Versus us making assumptions. Versus us trying to mind read or decipher texts and behaviors. Um, The goal is really to build a transparency and a vulnerability. 
And I think tonight's topic really drives home why I get so frustrated as do other very relationally driven attachment-based therapists when they hear people saying, learn, you know, work on being single, learn how to be single. We don't know how to be relational. That's where the work needs to be. If, if you are someone who has been, continues to be in and wants to be in long-term or even short-term relationships of any kind, even if you're married, we still need to learn, learn to work on those relational skills. Um, singledom's easy. You don't need to, you don't have to learn how to do that. You just have to be able to tolerate it, but there's no work in that. There's no skill set necessarily other than, you know, having an experience, making good use of your time, connecting with friends around you, returning to hobbies, but where the quote unquote, where the quote unquote work really begins and is required is in any relational dynamic, friend, family member, colleague, romantic partner. And we need to put a lot more attention on that. We do not have that nailed. We do not have that down. Um, and again, it's always about like, where are we supposed to find those things? Our parents don't communicate that to us because they themselves don't have it. They're raised by people that don't know. And then they raise people that don't know. And then they, they raise people that don't know where that's why I'm always trying to make my therapy with a couple or, or an individual, a place where this isn't continued, um, or, 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 or I'm sorry, where it's not taken forward anymore or transmitted generationally any, any longer and that it stops and how we relate to each other as family members, how we relate to each other's friends is part of that skill building. And that's why someone might say, okay, so you talk all the time about how there's so much relational work to do. And Dr. Chris, you always say that relational work can only be done within relationship. Otherwise it's just hyper theoretical and philosophical. But what if you're single? And I say to them, work on that with your friends, work on that with your family members. It's the, st the same skill set, the same vulnerability, transparency, setting boundaries, uh, communicating our needs, letting people know when your needs have been violated, um, learning how to learning how to prioritize the way you impact others, all of this stuff, more compassion, all the different things we talk about are what we would apply universally to anyone we interact with at any time. And so, yeah, do that work with everyone in your life. Do that work with the barista at the coffee shop. Everyone is worthy of having that work done. So whether you're currently dating someone or married, it doesn't mean that this work stops. Um, we, we, we can work on it with any relationship that exists in our lives. And that's where the work needs to be done, not learning how to be single. That's the easiest position. Because again, relationships, just like parenting, are a mirror being held up and we're being shown where our work is, where our wounds are, where we need healing. And healthy individuals see it as such. Instead of the traditional American way of what's in it for me, what am I going to get out of this? They see it as, you know, consumerism with a consumerist logic. And we can't. It's really about how can I use this as a place to learn about myself and how can I be good for someone else? Because um, everything is co-created. And that's why parents, children are learning this via their relationship to you. They're learning how to advocate for their needs. They're learning how to set boundaries, support that, encourage that, allow for that. Children are often raised as though they have no rights, as though their feelings don't matter, as though the adult's feelings matter more, as though children are raised with a boundarylessness, as though they're not allowed to assert themselves. They're not allowed to have privacy. They're not allowed to advocate for themselves. That's called being, you know, it's called being precocious or talking back or disrespectful. What? That's where they learn these skills. And if you don't uh, train it into them and model it for them and work with them on it, where do you think they're going to get it? That they're going to magically get it when they're in their teenage years entering a relationship with another teenager? No way. Where are they going to get it when they become an adult? We assume that it just arises in adulthood. It doesn't. It is a learned skill and it begins with the family of origin and families aren't taken that seriously enough. Let your child set some boundaries. Let your child speak up for themselves. Let, you know, say, apologize to your kid if you offend them. Take their feelings into account. Let them have some privacy. Talk to them about 
about the importance of these things. Talk to them about why you're doing what you're doing. Don't just say, because I'm your mom, that's why. There is no learning in that. And in fact, you're teaching them the opposite, that your needs don't matter, that you don't get to set, set boundaries, that people in positions of power get to take advantage of you. And then we wonder why that gets taken forward and forward again and forward again, and why these people don't know how to advocate for themselves in adult relationships. It's quite problematic. So like, let's really start from, from the beginning, if we can. Um, with everyone in our lives. These are things we have to learn, you know, it's ongoing work. All right, we're gonna come back. We'll talk more about this. Stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, it gets worse. It gets worse. During the break, I was doing a little more digging, a little more research, and uh, I thought I had all the terms. We had breadcrumbing, we had benching, we had orbiting, we had paper clipping. Ghosting. We're talking about all the ways that we are horrible to other people so we can identify it in ourselves and not do it to people. Um, the solution is more transparency, being honest with what we want, what we expect, and also asking people. You know, it's both, it goes on both sides. Uh, found a few more. So paper clipping, for those that uh, – we didn't really unpack that earlier. It's basically when uh, someone comes back into your life just to feel good about themselves. Stashing, here's another phenomenon. Is this you or is this being done to you? Stashing is when one person in a relationship makes the conscious decision of keeping their partner from their inner circle. So basically you're not introduced to family and friends and that's a way to keep it casual. That's a way to not really bring you in, to not really solidify it or make it serious. And, and, and hear that it's not inherently a bad thing. This might be a sign of someone wanting to take their time, still not knowing you yet. Maybe you haven't you know, spent enough time with them to assess compatibility or chemistry to warrant being brought in or to be introduced to people. So there's always something rational in that. But ask yourself, am I maybe needlessly or inappropriately withholding the incorporation of someone I've been spending a significant amount of time with into my life and why? Use that as a moment of reflection and introspection. Why am I doing that? What am I honoring? What am I afraid of? I, I, for some of my patients, I tell them, listen, you're thinking in terms of permanence or monogamy in a way that you shouldn't. If we're early dating someone, we can introduce them to people. We can uh, do a sleepover. We can do all sorts of things. And that isn't a promise of more or forever until we get to a place where maybe we do discuss defining the relationship, a term, exclusivity, or marriage. But saying you'll hang out with someone for a seventh time doesn't mean there'll be an eighth time. And introducing someone to friends and family doesn't mean that necessarily they're going to be your you know, um, long-term partner or anyone of um, significance. But ask yourself, why am I doing this? And if this is being done to you, maybe you want to ask, hey, you know, I'd like to meet some people in your life. Is there a reason why I haven't? I'm all about the transparency. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Healthy people will will value that. They'll seek that. Um, then I came across another term, pocketing, because it just doesn't stop. Pocketing uh, renders a situation. A pocketing is a situation within a relationship where a partner's keeping the other away from their friends and family. So pocketing is kind of like stashing, same concept, throwing up boundaries, not incorporating you in. Um, I think that was one of the, um, ah, here we go. Then there's cookie jarring. It's where you find yourself being left on the shelf as an option instead of the main choice. You're kind of the plan B or the backup. Again, maybe because someone doesn't know you that well and they're wanting to prioritize their friends and family members or dun, 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 dun. It's a sign that really they're not that sure about you. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Stuff is horrible. Oh God. And then it gets even worse. There's something called kitten fishing. Yeah, it's catfishing's younger sister because catfishing isn't bad enough when you pretend to be someone that you're not with fake photos and a fake name and you lead someone on. So kitten fishing, which is the younger sister of catfishing, involves tweaking small details about your appearance or your life to make you appear better. 
Um, so you're not, you're not so unlike catfishing where you claim to be a completely different person than you are. Kitten fishing is just, yeah, you lie about a few small things, tweak a small, a few small things. I, I had a friend once, this is an example of kitten fishing and she was pretending to be a blonde and she was dating a guy that loves blondes and she was horrified at him finding out that she was not a blonde. And so she was always making sure she had no roots, et cetera, et cetera. That's kitten fishing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, let's see. We talked about submarining cloaking. Cloaking is when a person just doesn't stand up for you for a date. They also block you on apps. They're basically just shoving you out of their life. Um, and then it gets even qualified. So we know what ghosting is when someone out of the blue just disappears. But then there's trickle ghosting. <laughs> That's when they're slowly starting to ghost you, which, oh God, this stuff kills me. It kills me. It's really just another word for the slow fade. All this is all this really says you're you're not being kind. You're not you're not really taking care of those around you or or whatnot. Um, this stuff is hilarious. Uh, again, it shouldn't be this complicated. People should be able to say, "Hey, listen, I like you, but I want to move slow." Or it looks like something has changed. We're not spending the same amount of time together we had in the past. What's going on? Is everything okay? Have your feelings shifted? I want us to be able to communicate. <laughs> It shouldn't be this bad, but I work with people and they're kind of like, you have no idea what I've been going through. And I'm like, I do because I study all these different terms. And every time I think I've heard it all, someone swoops in with some new form of bad behavior. I don't mean to laugh. Um, don't be that person though. You know, these are, these are, <laughs> these are warnings. Um, all right. When we come back, we're going to do some DMs. So put those DMs in there. DMs go in our love line at GPH questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to hit, circle back to, drop deeper in. I want you to get your needs met. And we're happy to cover anything. So put it all in there, anything under the wide rubric of mental health. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line, and click on it. You can binge, post, re listen, and share because it's all about the repetition. Got to build it in because as we're talking about, y'all, there's so much learning to do. We have so much to work on. And it starts with us first. We're always self-examining first. Before we worry about our partner, our friend, our brother, we're saying, who am I in this relationship? What am I contributing? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? Healthy people acknowledge how they're moving through the world and how they're impacting others. And that's what these terms are really about for us to self-obsess. But again, we are channelq.com is where you can go to check out Loveline, where we're always talking about that stuff. Um, otherwise, stick around because we got a whole lot more to come. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my younger brother has been going to therapy recently. Says it helped him a lot. He has asked me to join one of his sessions so we can talk about the way we grew up, but I am reluctant to do that. I've dealt with it my own way and just don't really want to reopen those chapters in my life. Is there a way to say no to this session, but still give my brother the support he needs? Um, No, because if the therapist and him have decided that you um, partnering up or, or, or sharing and helping him go deeper or maybe answering questions and clarifying or normalizing and, and letting him know that his interpretation experience is accurate and true and correct. Um, other than literally hearing and sharing in those stories and helping him understand the reality, not, not, not really. Um, can you be supportive in general by saying, yes, continue going to therapy? Sure. Um, I guess you, this is for, on your part, a very avoidant tactic. Um, and you said, and I quote, I've dealt with it my own way. If you're that uncomfortable and scared of reopening it, then you haven't fully dealt with it. Most people do a lot of avoidant tactics and they call that quote unquote coping or dealing. And that isn't to say that all trauma requires us going into. In fact, the current and most accepted trauma therapies actually don't evolve going into it. We really deal with it because in the present, you know, trauma shows up in reactions and responses. It isn't this monolithic thread of this thing that requires talking about it directly. It's, it's pervasive when, when early environmental issues happen, that gets woven throughout our, our thinking, our behavior, our relational styles, our worries, um, our, our expectations, it's pretty pervasive and ubiquitous. And so we deal with it in the present. Anytime you do any kind of therapy, whether using the word trauma or talking about past events, you are doing trauma therapy because who you are in the present and how you deal with things in the present is a result of everything that's happened before. And so if you can't even imagine telling those stories again and talking about it without feeling dysregulated or scared, then, then you really haven't necessarily done the work of understanding coping and regulation. So I honor your boundaries. There's a lot of things from my early life that I don't necessarily want to talk about. I don't find a lot of value in it as I'm doing the work of being a better person in the current and looking at my current reactions and responses and dealing with triggers. Um, so I honor where you're at, but your question was about, is there a way I can give him the support he needs without going in and directly related to this topic? 
topic? No. <laughs> Directly related to this topic, there isn't. It really would require, if you're going to fully support them, you being present and helping. Um, so I I'm surprised you're not willing to, but I respect that you're not willing to. That's a boundary you're allowed to set. And you have a right to say that your brother, that this is a solo journey he needs to go on, that, you know, and, and again, understand this as well, that could you be, could, could your coming into therapy be very helpful? A hundred percent. And I've already kind of listed why, but there's also a space for him to go with his own emotional interpretation of what happened. You know, therapy isn't always about truth or reality. Sometimes it's about the emotional truth of something. You know, you can't tell someone that something wasn't painful. You can't tell someone that something didn't harm them. So therapy isn't about fact finding. It's not like a, um, you know, an investigative thing necessarily. If someone says, this is my experience of something, you go with that and you look at how it's still playing out, how it's still um, in the present. So the work can still be done, but no, to answer your question specifically, if you don't participate, there is no way to support him directly around this topic, except by holding space if and when he brings it up outside of therapy. And yeah, I don't know, but I am curious as to why you're avoidant. Have avoidance around that but again be where you are you know this is one of those examples where i don't have enough details to really weigh into profoundly so i'll just go with he could use your support it might help him a lot but i appreciate where you're at because sometimes based on what's going on in our lives now is not the ideal time to open up anything that's confusing upsetting or dysregulating and that comes up in therapy too uh before we do the work we say what's going on in your life do you have the needed supports is everything else anchored um do you have good coping mechanisms? Ah, no, well, then let's work on that first. We don't just dive all in. We don't create dysregulation for someone who isn't good with regulation, you know? Anywho, I hope that helps. Um, it's never an easy answer at things like that. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, so join us then. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Love Lana G page. Put in there your questions, topics, things you want us to hit. Circle back, drop deeper into all that good stuff on the DMs on our Love Lana IG page. And uh, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can post, re-listen, share, take us on a journey with you. Otherwise, be good to yourselves. Be good to those around you. We're dropping the bar. We're giving 70% max, so we're not living in burnout. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me, y'all. And you enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.